I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everybody, this is Steve Saipa, and welcome to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's minor league podcast. I'm joined here with Lucas and Ken. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. So, my voice is dead. I was at a show, wrestling show last night. But that is going to bring us to our first segment, Promote, Extend, Trade, where we pick a guy to promote, pick a guy to extend, and pick a guy to trade. Very self-explanatory. So, it is WrestleMania weekend. And I'm sure everybody knows it's here in New York, the Meadowlands technically, but the WWE says that it's in the shadow of New York because New Jersey sucks. Sorry, Ken. No, New Jersey does suck. As someone born in New Jersey, you are correct. I disagree wholeheartedly, but <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> um, so, you know, even though it's WrestleMania is like the main uh, attraction of the week, a bunch of indie shows have been going on since Thursday. And there's just been a lot of wrestling stuff in general. And I know you guys aren't really big wrestling fans, so I'm not going to be able to pick some lesser-known indie or Japanese or Mexican wrestler this year. Oh, so I'm going to go with uh, three names that span three different generations that I think, I would hope, everybody knows. So who are we going to extend, who are we going to promote, and who are we going to trade between Macho Man Randy Savage, The Rock, and John Cena? I've never seen the last one, so... Uh... Mm. I don't think I've ever seen any of them wrestle, 
I've never seen any of them. I'm just making the general John Cena joke where he's invisible or whatever it is. Also, thank you for adapting to your co-host as opposed to Jeff, who probably would have gone like 30 (laughs) minutes about obscure Japanese wrestlers while Ken and I sat here like, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Uh, Let's promote maybe extent. All right, so like I know nothing about Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, the Rock is a bad actor, as far as I know, and John Cena is is that guy from the memes. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's all I got. Uh, so I will extend John Cena for the memes, promote The Rock because he's a wholesome human being, and then uh, uh, trade Macho Man Randy Savage, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. I have I have literally nothing to add here. <laughs> Jeez, I thought I picked like the most easy I, I basic agree guys with, here. You so. did. Yeah, you I know. don't watch wrestling. <laughs> All right, well, here's the here's the proper answer then. They're going to trade the Rock because he's done too many steroids, and that's going to be a problem. We are going to promote John Cena because batters will not be able to see him. Do 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 do. And we're going to extend Macho Man because Macho Man is an actual baseball player before he became a wrestler. What? Mm-hmm. Go to Baseball Reference and look up Randy Poffo. That is Macho You've Man's actual name. Me. Nope. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that's far better than whatever random reasoning I was going to come up with. <laughs> he hit uh, 254, 346, 391. In 289 games in rookie ball and IA with okay, the Co- okay. yeah, and the, the Cardinals organization. <clears throat> huh. Good job, Macho Man. Yeah. Uh, this is I have to admit, like the weirdly large overlap of baseball and wrestling fandom is one of the strangest phenomena to me. I I, I don't understand. I'm not really sure either. I think it's also. I, I think part of it, specifically with the Mets, anyway, is that as Mets fans, we are conditioned to suffering and all of that. Uh-huh. And probably nowhere other than, else other than the Mets is there as much complaining and bitching and moaning <laughs> as there is, you know, with wrestling fans. So huh. it seems kind of natural. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I completely get why people like wrestling, though. It seems like a very well-put-together show. Most of the time, I hear you guys talking about it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the last time there was a... So, so for context, our Slack channel usually turns into three hours' worth of wrestling discussion whenever one of these shows is going. And I can't remember the last time there wasn't a show that was just universally panned in the <laughs> Slack. <laughs> It's never good. Well, that is our wrestling <laughs> content for the week. <laughs> and now we'll get to some baseball. And we will, uh, let's go over how the teams did. So the Syracuse Mets, they went 2-1 and one against the Pawtucket Red Sox. And they are currently in a three-way tie with the Bisons and the Iron Pigs for first place in the International League Northern Division. 
the Binghamton Rumble Ponies also went two and one. Um, they played the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, and they are in second place in the Eastern League Eastern Division behind the Fighting Phils, who are perfect three and zero. Oh. St. Lucie Mets are zero oh and three. They suck. They lost all three games they played against the Bradenton Marauders, and they're in dead last in the Florida State League South. And the Columbia Fireflies are one and two. They won one game and lost two against the Charleston River Dogs, and they are in a five-way tie for second place in the South Atlantic League Southern Division. So the most important thing to keep in mind here right now is that standings don't actually matter, and they're not going to matter for another two, three weeks. But guys have started separating themselves from the pack um, for as much as you can separate yourself from the pack in a three-game sample size. Mm. And we will be... Right back with the hitter and pitcher of the week after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. I'm Steve Saipa. I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos and Ken Levin. This is from Complex to Queens. And here we are with the first two players of the week for the 2019 season. Our hitter of the week is Hayden Sanger who in three games went four for 10 with two doubles, two RBIs, and he also struck out three times. So Sanger is from Ohio. He went to Miami University after graduating, and he hit a cumulative 272, 359, 409 in his three years there. Nothing great, but nothing exactly terrible. Uh, He's a catcher, and he's known more for his defense So middling offense, you know, middling offensive numbers are fine, whatever. He shows basically good ability to make contact. He puts the ball in play a lot, and he doesn't strike out too much. And he doesn't have much of a power swing, and he's probably never going to develop much power. So the offense is really going to always be more table setter, you know, if you will, than anything else. But I'd take that from a 24th round pick. And again, he's more of a defensive catcher than... um, an offensive one. Behind the plate, he has above-average pop times and an above-average arm, and that makes him tough on potential base stealers. He threw out 42% of the runners that tried to run on him um, at Miami University. And then last year at Kingsport in Brooklyn, he threw out 35% of the runners that tried to run on him. So you guys have any uh, thoughts on Hayden Sanger? Not a ton. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had a uh, who who is that moment when <laughs> when we when you shared this name. Uh, and like, look, catchers are weird. Yeah. Organizational depth is important. It's probably all he is, right? 
And yeah, uh, I'd say one of like Nick Meyer, him, or Juan Uriarte. Hint: It's probably Juan Uriarte are going to be pretty good. So, just yeah, in I, terms of like random variation. And generally, I'm I'm in favor of defensively minded catchers. So hopefully he's. Uh, I mean, hopefully the offense is real enough for him to stick around long enough that he. Uh, gets yeah. a chance to help a lot of pitchers in the minors with above-average defense along the way. And I mean, Josh Tolley made the min- uh, he made the major leagues with a pretty empty bat, so it's conceivable that Sengar is able to do the same. Uh, I think you mean uh, R.A. Dickey's personal catcher, Josh Tolley. Right. Well, put some uh, put some respect on his name. <laughs> I'm scooting over to Fangraphs to see how many big league games he played. Uh. Too many, given his skill set. 478. Yeah, I was going to say. That's a career. It feels like the majority of, like, the 29 season, uh, 2009, 2010, and then kind of from there going down a little bit. But I mean, this is the thing with catchers. It's just weird. You never never know. Right? A lot of wear and tear. Yeah, I mean, not everyone wants to go out there and basically get the hell beaten out of them, so... If you show halfway proficiency with anything, you've got a job. Yep. So, unfortunately, I don't think that 571 Babbitt for Sanger is particularly sustainable. Well, probably not. All right, now our pitcher of the week is another uh, well-known name, and that is Chris Mazza. And he pitched six innings this week. He allowed five hits. He gave up two runs, he walked two, and he struck out six. So Mazza is a 29-year-old veteran that was originally drafted by the Twins in the 27th round of the 2011 draft. And he's been plugging away for years, but he still hasn't made the majors. Um, Don't really know how good his odds are in this organization. But he was originally a shortstop, and he actually set uh, Menlo Oaks College. That's where he played. He actually set their uh, record for most home runs and triples. But he pitched every so often, like college shortstops do, and the Twins were intrigued by his arm, and they drafted him and drafted him as a pitcher. And he actually looked good in his first year as a full-time pitcher. But in 2013, he heard himself. Um, and had to have ulnar nerve transposition surgery, which Desmond Lindsay had, I think, a few years ago. And he was shut down in for the rest of that season. And he came back in 2014, and he pretty much had the best season of his career. He posted a 279 ERA over 25 relief appearances. And ironically, I don't really know how this is even possible, but he did that with a broken wrist. Uh, he broke his wrist over the last some couple of months. How? And I, I don't know. And it was his pitch, you know, his right hand. So How? What? Yeah, which is pretty crazy. But unfortunately, during that offseason, that wrist injury kind of got acerbated and it turned into a scaphoid non-union fracture, which means that the injury didn't heal properly and he had to have surgery to fuse the bones back together. So even though he was able to somehow pitch through that, it kind of did more... Uh, harm than it would have if he was sent to the disabled list. But he returned in May 2015, and the Twins basically released him a few games after he got back. And the Marlins picked him up about a week later, 
and they transitioned him from being a reliever to a starter, and he fulfilled his part. He did become a solid, yet, you know, unspectacular starter, but he, he, you know, he was never terrible. And the Marlins released him in 2018, and then he pitched in the Indies for a little bit, and then the Mariners signed him at the end of the year, and then the Mets picked him up off of waivers in December, and here we are. And part of the reason why Maz's career really hasn't gone anywhere is because, um, you know, he has a solid arsenal, but there's really nothing plus or even really above average in there. Um, his main pitch is a sinker ball, but he doesn't really get like the big time ground ball rates that you want to see a sinker ball pitcher post. And then he complements that with cutter. Um, it's not really a strikeout pitch, but, you know, it kind of plays off the sinker and makes the hitters off balance and stuff. And then the same thing with his secondary pitches, which is our a changeup and a slider. Um, they're not really strikeout pitches as much as they just kind of play off the sinker and keep the hitters off balance. So that's Chris Meza and interesting story, but you know I just really don't see much of a future for him either in this organization and in just in baseball in general. I mean, I want to circle back on that wrist thing. Just Googling it. Uh, so basically the innermost bone right at the edge of like the end of your radius and your fingers. So he had that broken and it wasn't go- peeling together and he was still pitching with that. That's insane. Yeah. That, like that's bonkers. In, in, in an interview, he said that he has a high uh, talent for pain. No kidding. Cle- yeah, clearly. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that they probably uh, shouldn't be doing things like that. <laughs> mm, yes. It's very uh, Mets <laughs> Kind of appropriate that he wound up with the Mets after that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm not sure if he even knew that it was broken or not. But as a person that's never broken anything, I don't even know how that's possible that you wouldn't yeah. know that something is broken. I mean, that, that like I said, very Metzian. They, they would send a guy out for like a month, not realize he was why he was struggling, and then discover, oh, wait, he had a broken bone in his wrist this whole time. Yep. <laughs> Oops. Our bad guys. Uh, Getting hints of Matt Harvey pitching with half a shoulder. For, oh, God. Uh, yeah. Half of 2016. I mean, good for but him. I digress. Yeah, I mean, good for him sticking it out this long. I mean... Uh, and this is what I wrote about Drew Gagnon last, uh, in like our season wrap-up last year, who was kind of a similar story, right? Just kicking around for years and years, hoping for a chance. Yep. And like most of these guys don't ever make it. And there's like, I mean, I think that's one of the more romantic aspects about baseball are these guys that just grind forever and then the few that actually make it. Um, so more power to him. I hope he keeps a strong start going. Yeah, I mean, he's he's 29 years old. He's getting up there. But, I mean, as, as someone with no skin in the game, obviously I wish him luck because who who, who doesn't want to be a major leaguer? And exactly. He is, yep. he is on, the, you know, he's on the doorstep. He's in double-A right now, but he has played in triple-A. So, good luck to him. Also, the only picture I can find of him in a Mets uniform has stirrups, uh, which is excellent. So uh, I'm a, I'm a new fan now. <laughs> Major League Baseball needs more stirrups. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's one of my dudes now. <laughs> well, he's gained two fans. Very nice. And on Twitter, he said when he became a Met, when when the Mets signed him, he said that he got like 100 followers overnight or something like that. So 
I uh, guess yes. now we could add uh, two more. Matt, Matt's Twitter is a powerful thing. I'm gonna scoot over and give him a follow right now. <laughs> is it is it Maza or Mat Mat? I was hoping it'd be pronounced Matza because that'd be like very memeable. But I guess I'm, it's spelled Maza. Yeah, it's M A Z Z A, and I'm yeah. guessing it's pronounced Maza. Mm. Couple of the, the, the big name prospects not showing up the first couple of days for us. Well, it is just three days into the season. Yep. And um, that brings us to, oh, yeah, that guy, <laughs> where we'll look back and look at uh, some Mets minor league players from yesteryear that have had pretty solid three, four day uh, spans in years past. Uh, thankfully, it will be baseball players this time and not obscure wrestlers that we've never heard of before. <laughs> if only. Well, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. I've got mine open. Um, yeah, so Daryl Siciliani had a, a pretty good first week of the season in 2014 for Binghamton. Went, uh, he hit 360, 385, 560 from April 3rd to April 11th, the first like, week and a couple of days of the season. Uh, that was good for a 160 WRC plus in the Eastern League. So, yeah, Daryl Siciliani. <laughs> uh, I, I remember that name coming up way too frequently in prospect reports of years past. Yep. yep. He uh, played guys. a little bit in the in 2015, if I recall correctly. All oh, right. They traded to the Blue Jays. Yeah, and then he had the same shoulder injury that Conforto had, but uh, things uh, did not go as well for Mr. Siciliani as they did for Michael Conforto on the way I back. I feel like he had at least one signature moment with the Mets that was so shadow. I remember like just a like a big big dog. One day in 2015, like <laughs> three quarters of the way up the into the uh, the right. whatever it was the Coke corner then or the, the Pepsi, Pepsi it was. Yeah, it was. I think it was Coke a couple of years in, in 2015. But was yeah, it? Okay, I don't know. I'm rambling. Um, but yeah, he uh, <laughs> was kicking around for a while. Got his shot in 2015 and uh, hasn't really been heard from since. Oh, man, he really cranked that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, not not in a big moment, but that's a big home run. Yeah. Good, good for him. He had a better, you know, like, 10 games than Danny Mono did, so. It's a pretty low good, bar. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> uh, you want to go, Steve? I've already talked too much. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, this week in 2013, Rafael Montero had a pretty good stretch in Binghamton. He made two starts. He allowed eight hits, gave up two runs. He didn't walk anybody, and he struck out 15 over those two starts. And that was kind of, I guess, the beginning of the ascendancy of Rafael Montero as a you know, top prospect. In 2014, he was in the Futures game against uh, Syndergaard at City Field. That was great. Um, and it was really all downhill from there, I think, unfortunately. I mean, let, let me ask you this. He never walked anyone in the minors. Why did he struggle so much with walks in the majors? I don't know. 
it's one of those unsolved questions. I think part of the part of the issue is that you know his stuff was never really plus. You know, mm. he had like an above average fastball. It was like ninety two to ninety five, and his slider was like you know all right, a little bit above average, but that was really the extent of it. And you know, against major leaguers, the margin of error is just that much smaller. And then trying to be, you know, so precise, so fine, you kind of run yourself into problems. And that's probably what happened to Montero. I'd have to look this up more, but it seemed like he got crushed whenever he was in the zone and was didn't have the stuff to get away living outside of the zone, you know? Yep, that sounds about right. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my guy is also a, a former top prospect. Uh, former second baseman of the future, Reese Havens. R.I.P. For for those of you who may not remember, Reese Havens was a first-round pick in 2008, along with Ike Davis. Um, and this is even before I really remember. He was pretty hyped at the time. as like a legit big-time prospect, uh, but just could never stay healthy. Nevertheless, in 2009, to open the season, he uh, had a week-long stretch with a 150 weighted. Uh, he batted 310, 364, 517 um, over a seven-game stretch, and this was an advanced day. And I'm pretty sure that two weeks later, he was hurt again. So it went for Reese Havens. Basically sums up his career. You know, then he retired from his, like the back issues are eventually what got him out of the game. Just brutal. Yeah, it's not like his injuries were, well, I mean, there were Marnie ones too, but it's not like his injuries are kind of like little bullshit ones. Like, he had some pretty big major yeah. problems. Sometimes guys just break. Sad. Breaks way, broke way too early, given yeah. his age. Like. Yep. Well... That was a fun trip down memory lane. (laughs) (laughs) Went from, hey, that was a fun random guy to, man, top prospects (laughs) don't work. Well, hopefully this current crop of top prospects, uh, the returns are a bit better. Well, any other uh, stray observations, comments, anything on the first three games of the system, of of the season? I've been pretty uh, pleased with uh, Mauricio so far. Not like anything, you know, particularly meaningful. Just, you know, being a young kid in a league where everybody's older than you and putting the bat on the ball consistently is nice to see. Yep. And I saw a couple scouts on Twitter praising him, which is always encouraging as well. Um, I, I have to, like, it's written into my contract, my non-existent contract at Mason Avenue that I have to complain about Stephen Feline starting the season in Double A, what is this? It's an absolute waste of time. Fix this, Mets, please. I don't imagine that he'll be there for very long. No. I uh, figured that the only reason why he's there is because he didn't spend. I think it was like eleven innings that he was there last year. So my figure, maybe they think he needs to get more innings. I don't know. Could. I think it's just like a uh, the other guys in the you know, shuttle group are all in Triple A right now. I think you'll end up getting the... You'll be one of the first guys called up once they start you know, trying to 
shuttle guys up from AAA. I mean, Peterson's definitely gone after today, so handhold probably comes up, and then maybe they bring him up. But yeah, we'll see. That's Tim Peterson, not David Peterson, for clarification. Should we just refer to him as a Leaderson from now on? <laughs> to, like, keep from confusing our listeners? <laughs> but which one is truly a <laughs> The answer is neither. That is a good point. <laughs> it's really neither. Well... If anybody has any questions, comments, whatever, send us an email at podcast at amazingavenue.com. Just make sure to, to address it to our show in the heading. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there uh, if you want. I am at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at elvlahos343. And Kenny is at Ken1191. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review them. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And you guys have any last words? Let's go, Mets. It's a good first week. Let's keep it going. Yep. Yeah, I'm right. pleased so far. Well, we will be back next week with a recap of the first full week of the 2019 Martin League season.